Hey guys, welcome to episode 19 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. Today I'll be recapping the second round of the NHL playoffs as well as previewing the third or uh, semi-final round. Uh, we'll start actually with Leafs-Habs game seven because last time I recorded they still hadn't wrapped up their series yet so we didn't know how that was going to fully end but now we know. Uh, the Leafs pulled the Leafs. I mean, what else can you really say? I, I don't... I feel bad for them at this point. I do. But I've said it before. I'll say it again. This was their year. It was paid for them. Uh, Edmonton gets swept on top of it. They have a 3-1 series lead against Montreal. It just feels like it's finally their time. But no, it just doesn't seem to work that way for them. There's just, I don't know, if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's their own mindset. I mean, the fans get so riled up. They think it's their year every year. And then finally, I think they're going to burst through. And it's the same thing keeps happening. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it at this point. Uh, now next year, they're going back into a division with Tampa, Boston, Florida, and they still have Montreal. It just kind of sucks to see, honestly. Uh, really quick, I want to mention this as well. The Leafs are not trading Mitch Marner. For everyone that's trying to run him out of town now, after Leafs fans said he was a top 10 player pretty much all season, it felt like, it's, just stop. I mean... You're not getting rid of the guy. I know he needs to be better in the playoffs. I'm not saying he doesn't, but you can't pin this on him by any means. He had a 3-1 series lead. The entire team is to blame. Not to mention, whenever you trade a player that makes as much money as Marner does, it's nearly impossible to win the trade, especially if you're trying to win it in the short term, which the Leafs are still trying to do. They're trying to win now. They're not going to tear it down and rebuild, so that makes zero sense. Uh, ultimately, he needs to be better in the playoffs, but I don't see him going anywhere. Austin Matthews said it himself. Uh, we'll go on to the Jets-Habs series now. I thought the Shifley hit was pretty bad, honestly. Uh, I thought the suspension was warranted. I've never thought of Shifley as a dirty player, uh, so it felt really out of character for me, but I still do think it was a bad hit. He skated the full length of the ice, and in my opinion, his only intention was to run through Jake Evans. I don't think he tried to hurt him the way he did, but he definitely tried to lay him out. Uh, I understand everything happened so fast, but watching the replay over and over, it's pretty apparent. The only chance he had to stop the goal, as he said he was trying to do in his press conference, was to actually make a play on the puck, not run through the guy, you know, try to poke it off his stick or something like that. The puck was already in the net by the time he hit him, so. Uh, other than that, what a series by Carey Price. I mean, he was a stone wall. The Habs won seven straight games now. In those seven games, Carey Price is 7-0 and with a 1-6-4 goals against, a 9-4-3 save percentage, and one shutout. Uh, the Caulfield, Suzuki, and Toffoli line has been great since it was put together in that Toronto series. Kakanyemi's had a great playoffs. They've had Corey Perry, Eric Stahl come in. They've been great veterans for them. Joel Armia, the whole decor has been good all around. Uh, as for the Jets, I'd say, honestly, they just fell asleep at the wrong time. It happens. Maybe they had too much time off after sleeping Edmonton. Um, I don't really know what else to say, but of course, no safely hurts them. But, I mean, to look the way they did was just as bad as what happened to Edmonton, if you ask me. Uh, Bolts and Kane series, Tampa Bay is just rolling. They look so good right now. Uh, Dougie Hamilton said it in his presser after they lost. They're $18 million over the cap, but... My stance on it is they're taking advantage of how good their team is, if you ask me. How many teams can just go and make the playoffs without their best player the entire season? Not many. Uh, it's not like any team can do that. If if you want to argue the rule sucks, sure, I, I, I guess that's fair. But I'm not. you can't blame Tampa for taking advantage of it. Uh, Braden Point, is a, he's a different player in the playoffs. He's been so good these past two postseasons. 
in 31 games, number 21 has 21 goals, 21 assists for 42 points. Kucherov came back after missing the whole season. He's been unbelievable. Stamkos has been great. The whole team is just so good all the way through. Defensively, Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, Vasilevsky's been lights out. Back to back is looking very possible for this team right now. They are a wagon. Uh, Vegas and Colorado series. Uh, first thing I want to say about it is Nathan McKinnon in his first 50 career playoff games has 69 points, which is the fifth most of all time. Uh, I know he didn't have the best series, and for them to win, he would have had need to be better. But uh, he's an absolute horse still. I'm still so confident that him and this Avs team will get their cup someday. Uh, I, he thinks he needs to be a little bit better at the rest of the series after game one. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Vegas was a great team. I will say this. After the game one stomping, winning game two in OT, and leading game three 2-1 late in the third, it's kind of crazy to think this is where we are now. Uh, honestly, I was, uh, credit to the Knights. I think it was more about them playing just flawless hockey than it was the Avs choking. They're just such a good four-line team. Flurry's been unbelievable. Uh, if you ask me who the better team was, I'd honestly still say I think it's the Avs, but it's closer than I thought. But as we learned in playoff hockey, the best team doesn't always win. So congrats to the Knights. They're uh, they're moving on, and I'm not going to pl- complain. I get a chance to go to some more playoff hockey games. So. <laughs> Uh, Isles Bruins in this series, I think the better team did win before the series. I would have said the Bruins were the better team, but after watching this series, it's the Islanders were just the better team through and through. I thought, um, they're so similar to the Knights in the sense they're a complete team. They play definitely a more laid back style, not as fast paced as the Knights, but they're so effective in doing what they do. Uh, it's the last run at the Collie for Islanders fans. They're absolutely nuts. The place is going wild. It's just it's great hockey they're playing right now. It, the building is electric. Uh, Matt Barzell is red hot after a slow start to the playoffs. Kyle Palmieri has seven goals in the playoffs, tying Villalino for six most goals by a trade deadline acquisition since 2010. Um, they don't have any real stud defensemen point-wise, but all of them are just all good in all three zones. Uh, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock have been so good for them. And I saw this stat the other day that I liked. Since leaving the Capitals for the Islanders, Barry Trotz has won five series with the Islanders. The Caps have not won a playoff series since Barry Trotz left. Uh, All four teams, all four number one seeds have now been eliminated from the playoffs, which is just a perfect representation of what playoff hockey is. You never know it's going to happen. Any team has a chance, and that's why you got to love it. And with that, we'll be going into our preview for the next uh, third or semifinal round. So Montreal and Vegas, these teams have actually not seen each other since January 18th, 2020, before the shutdown last year. Uh, Montreal hasn't really played in front of fans yet. I know they had like 500 at a couple of those games against the Leafs, but that's not really the same. I was lucky enough to be at all three of those Vegas-Colorado games in person, and I can tell you that we're in Vegas and I can tell you right now that that place was an absolute zoo. I can tell you that firsthand it was wild. I was in Nashville for a Stanley Cup final game a few years ago, and that building rivaled that sound, which I thought was unmatched. Uh, it was absolutely nuts. I can't wait to see. Hopefully I get to go to a couple more down the road because that building is a lot of fun to be in in the playoffs. Uh, and keep in mind, I was watching my Avs futures just go right down the drain, and I was still loving it. So it just says how, how much fun and electric that atmosphere is. Uh, I could never lay minus 550 on the series. 
but I do think the Knights win. I just don't think Montreal has played a team like Vegas all season. Vegas's depth is unmatched by any team in the North. Both teams have red-hot goalies. Uh, for Montreal, the Petrie injury is huge, something that has to be kept an eye on. He's obviously a huge part of that team, and his absence will be noticed for sure. Uh, hopefully he's back sooner than later, rather, for them. But, uh, I mean, he's a big part of that penalty kill that's been lights out so far in the playoffs. They're at 90.3%, which is unbelievable. Uh, nice power play has been a little bit disappointing at only 14.3%, but their five-on-five game is just so good. Jeff Petrie's Montreal... I would say probably their best all-around defenseman. You could argue Weber. You could, I don't know. I would say it's Peachy right now. So his his absence is is tough for them for sure. Uh, obviously, Carrier Price has to continue his dominance for Montreal to have any chance in this series. But said I said it before, say it again. It's the NHL. Anything can happen. I'm going with Knights in five is my prediction. I got the Knights going to the final for the second time in only four years of existence, which is kind of wild. Uh, the other series, Tampa Bay and the Islanders, they as well have not played all season, but it's a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, so these teams are definitely familiar with each other. Uh, I think this Islanders team is a little deeper than last year. I know they don't have Anders Lee, but they did get Palmieri and Zajac at the deadline. I think that a lot of their young guys have stepped up and played bigger roles this year, uh, but unfortunately for them, I just think Tampa's too good. I'm going Bolton 7 here. Uh, the Islanders need to stay out of the box to have any chance in this series. His Tampa power play is so dangerous, 41.7% in the playoffs. Uh, the top guys are all on fire. And as good as I think Tuka Rask is, I don't think the Islanders have seen someone like Vasilevsky all playoffs. I'd argue maybe even all year. Uh, he's playing on a level that I've never even seen him play at, which says something. Uh, as good as the Isles have looked, I just think Tampa's just too much, and they're going to overpower them. Like I said, Bolton seven. A uh, little news around the rest of the NHL before we wrap this up. We got all these awards here, starting with the Jack Adams for Coach of the Year's Rob Brindamore from the Canes, Dean Evason from the Wild, and Joel Quenville from the Panthers. I'm going with Evason. I think the I think Quenville could. I think they all have a good chance to, for it, but I'm going with Evason. I don't think the Wild were thought to be anywhere near as good as they were. They took Vegas to seven games. I know Kaprizov's emergence was huge for them, but I just think that Wild team had such an unexpected year. So did the Panthers, for that matter. But I, I'm going with Evason. I think he was, I think he was the best coach this season. For the rest of the awards here, I'm going to bring these up really quick. Uh, starting here with the Hart Trophy, McKinnon, Matthews, McDavid. I don't think anyone's arguing with these nominees. I'm going McDavid. Is it? I don't even know if it's that close for me. Uh, the Norris Trophy, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr. So I see a lot of people saying Hedman doesn't deserve to be nominated. His you know, advanced stats are not that good. Watch Victor Hedman play and then tell me you still don't think he's a top three defenseman in the NHL or not, well, not least this year. Victor Hedman's a very warranted candidate. Obviously, I'm pulling for Adam Fox. I think he's. I really think he could win it, but I am gonna slightly shade McCarr at this point. But I, I mean, obviously, I want Fox. That'd be so cool. He was so good all season. I've always thought he was underrated, and he he bursted through this year and proved that he's you know my opinion undisputed top ten defenseman in the league all around. I'd argue even top five for the way he played this year. Uh, Vesna Trophy is Mark Andre Fleury, Philip Grubauer, and Vasilevsky. I've been back and forth. I was thinking maybe Flurry, but I'm gonna end up going Vassy. His year was just too good. That Tampa Bay team was in a completely different roster when he wasn't when he was or wasn't the net. He made that team. 
Uh, Calder Trophy, I don't really think this one's close. I think Jason Robertson and Alex Djokovic had great seasons, but it's Kaprizov. That guy was unbelievable for them. Such a skilled, talented player. I know he's a little older than all of them, but still, he's a lot of fun to watch. He'll be a superstar in this league for a long time to come. Uh, Ted Lindsay, I'm going McDavid here. The nominees are McDavid, Matthews, Crosby. Again, not much of a debate here. McDavid had the best season I've seen. McDavid had the best season that I've ever witnessed as a hockey fan. Being 24 years old, having not watched, you know, any Gretzky errors or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I got nothing else to say. You can you can say it was the North Division. You can say whatever. They got swept in the playoffs. His regular season was the best I've ever watched. Uh, the Masters in Trophy, you got to go Oscar Limbaum after coming back from what he did. Uh, I think Dumba and Marlowe are also great candidates, but you got to go with Limbaum. Uh, Selkie Trophy, this is Bergeron's 10th straight nomination uh, it's Bergeron, Barkov, and Stone. I'm actually going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm going Stone. I thought Stone had an unbelievable season. Uh, so solid in all three zones. Put up the points. He was so good defensively as a winger, which is so hard to do. I'm giving him maybe a little bit of extra credit for that. But yeah, I'm taking Stone. Uh, Lady Bing, Matthews, Slavin, Spurgeon. Lady Bing's one that I find is really hard to you know, give an opinion on. I'm going to go Matthews. I think Matthews had an unbelievable season. I think Matthews was just a generally, you know, great player all around the ice. Uh, I think Slavin and Spurgeon were both up there as well. But I think you have to have those stats to win these awards still, which is kind of weird, but it's just kind of how it goes. Um, really quick now, I'm going to do some two prospect things I'm going to rattle off really quick before we wrap this up. The Panthers' first-round pick, 12th overall this past draft, Anton Lundell signed his entry level. And Jackets fans, I got some good news for you guys after a tough year. Your 21st overall pick in this past draft, Igor Chinikov, won KHL Rookie of the Year. Uh, with that being said, I am going to bring a mid-third or semifinal round uh, episode to you guys. Give my opinions half through the round, and then, of course, recap it and preview the final and the one after. Uh, hope this was a lot of fun for you guys. Enjoy.